0: Chapter 7 of The King's Air*. The steering wheel jerked hard to the left out of my hands, causing the jeep to roll several times from the force of a sudden directional change. When it stopped, we were upside down, and my head hurt like hell from hitting the window. My eyes burned from the blood that was running into them from my broken nose. I'm pretty sure I also had a cracked rib, but none of that mattered to me at the moment. I swallowed hard against my pain and began looking around for the pixies. They hadn't been strapped down to anything. I spotted Torkin laying unconscious atop the underside of the glove box. I reached out to him, but my seatbelt kept me from touching him. At least I knew where he was. But where was Trift? I didn't see him in the front of the vehicle, but I knew he was alive. I could feel his soul nearby. I tried to get the door open, but it was stuck. My next bright idea was to kick the windshield out. It was already cracked all the hell. It shouldn't have been that hard. I worked to undo my seatbelt, contorting myself into a position that wouldn't cause me to fall on my head as I was released from its restraint. As I landed, I cut my hand on a jagged piece of dented metal, hissing from the pain as I tried to reposition so that my feet were aimed at the windshield. I got ready and kicked hard. The glass moved, but didn't break. I tried again. This time the whole windshield broke free from its frame. The shattered safety glass peeled back from the vehicle like an old banana skin. Once our exit was secure, I resumed searching for my Pixie, finding him under the back passenger seat pretty badly banged up. I gathered both of them up and crawled from the vehicle. Once outside of the Jeep, I turned to look at the wreck. Clarity about what had just happened coming to me as I saw the flat tire. I'd been going way too fast. I swallowed and looked around. We were seven miles from town, and at least two from the nearest house. I was in no condition to make a walk like that. And I had a feeling healing the Pixies was far more important than wasting my energy on myself. Gingerly, I patted my pockets in search of my phone. The screen was shattered, but I had hoped the home button would still work. I held it down and nearly cried when I heard the familiar tone that told me to speak. Call Uncle Alfie. The nickname I'd put in the phone for Alfred sounded like a cry for help from a small child within this circumstance. He answered on the third ring. Hey, what's up? I wrecked. I felt hot tears falling down my face the tire blew and the jeep flipped drift, drift and torkin are hurt Where are you? His tone instantly changed and I could hear him rushing around. I couldn't recall what the GPS had said the road was called I, I don't know go south I'll I'll make a pillar okay. He was instructing someone to drive in the background. We'll be there soon. Just hang on and don't use too much of your energy if you're injured. Okay. I set the phone and the pixies down and quickly made a large stone pillar, hoping it was tall enough for them to see from town. When I finished, I sat down in its shadow, cradling Torkin and Trift in my lap, gently feeding them my energy as we waited. Torkin just had a concussion, but my trift was truly in rough shape. I worked to stabilize his internal bleeding and inhale, inhale. I worked to stabilize his internal bleeding and heal his broken ribs. He had true healing abilities like my father. He could patch himself up better later. I just needed him to live. After a few moments, my head swam and my vision failed. O'Sail O'Sail, can you hear me? Someone was shining a bright light into my eyes. When had I passed out? I grunted my response, my throat dry from the heat of the desert air. The light disappeared and I saw Alfred's face close to mine. Help them. I moved my hands upward, confused to find no pixies within them. Mora has them. They're going to be okay. Triff stated calmly as he examined my face. It just flipped. I was extremely disoriented, but I wanted him to know that the crash wasn't my fault. I, I, I didn't even hit anything. Hush, don't talk. He raised a vial to my lips. Drink this. It'll help with your injuries. I did as he said. The liquid felt like tasteless velvet over my tongue as I swallowed. As soon as that one was down, he held up another for me. I knew this one was pain potion within seconds everything was warm and fuzzy i felt like falling asleep esta alfred called over his shoulder help me get him to the truck i think he's got a minor brain bleed i felt them tugging my arms hauling me to my feet and then suddenly i was moving i tried to help them but i may have hindered their assistance by doing so as soon as they had me in the bed of the truck i passed out again I was surprised when I woke to the healing energy of three different individuals. Mora, Trift, and Torkin were all working on me back at the hotel. Part of me was glad they hadn't called my dad. My bag, I croaked, remembering that the map of the lab was in my messenger bag in the jeep. Hush, Torkin scolded me gently. We got it. Don't worry. I laid my head back down and allowed unconsciousness to overcome me again. The next time I woke, both pixies were curled up next to me on a pillow, and it was nighttime. I was stiff and tired, but I wanted to know if she was there. I quietly crawled from the bed, wincing from the pain of my stiff joints as I walked over to the balcony door. I pulled back the curtain and smiled when I saw her. I tapped the glass and leaned my forehead on it. Her head cocked at the sound, and she just raised her hand, pressing it to the glass. I laid my hand over hers from my side and just stood there, looking at her. I could swear I felt the warmth of her hand through the glass. Even as the sun began to come up, she stayed. He wasn't controlling her this time, she was there on her own. Good night, Roisin. I whispered, and she smiled. Good morning, O'Sale. She signed then vanished. How did she know my name? Had I told her already? My head hurt too bad for me to attempt to remember. I closed the curtains and crawled back into bed, emerging from its comforting embrace to the distressing sound of my phone. <laughs> <coughs> I couldn't answer it due to its utterly destroyed screen, but I knew it was my dad. It was his ringtone. He called twice more before giving up and deciding to come make sure I wasn't dead in person. He looked both relieved and angry when he stepped from the portal and saw me holding my phone. Why didn't you answer? I held it up for him to see. Because I can't? His eyes grew wide as he stopped being an irritated parent and actually took in my battered and bruised appearance. What happened? I'm surprised Alfred didn't tell you. I admitted as he gently started to examine me. I went to visit the guy that used to run the lab. On our way back, I blew a front tire and the Jeep flipped. His eyes instantly darted to the bed, shifting back to me after seeing that his pixie was okay. He wrapped me in a hug, his healing energy filling my body with as my injuries dissipated. When he finished patching me up, he turned. Marching over to the sleeping familiars, he held his hand over them. As their energy refreshed, they stirred. Torkin woke first, instantly flying in my father's chest upon seeing him. He may have had fun with Trift and I, but he'd missed his bay. Trift woke from the lack of a sleeping partner, rubbing his tiny eyes and yawning before slowly flitting onto my shoulder. That sucked. I sighed, gently patting his head with my finger. <laughs> no kidding. Did you at least learn anything of value regarding the case? Dan was in a no-nonsense mood. I'm sure Torkin was filling him in on the actions of the day as I spoke. Yes, we did. I found my messenger bag hanging on the desk chair and opened it, pulling out the map. I urged him to sit down, and we examined the document together. Looks like Torkin will need to be at every security door for us to gain access. Father's eyes scan the map with thorough precision. Unfortunately, that means we won't be able to split up and search for captives. That's probably not a bad thing, I stated. Considering how powerful these vampiric fae are, I'm a little nervous about what's actually behind those doors. It would probably be beneficial if you forgot your morals about manipulating creatures while we're in there. I was stunned by my father's words. He had driven home how wrong it was to do that very thing since the day we found out what my abilities were. If you can keep both us... And the captive creature's safe. That would be beneficial to everyone, Ossil. That's true, I admitted. But I don't know what I'll be able to do with the creatures that have been altered. I'll run a test tonight and see if I'm able to gain any form of control over them. That's a good idea. He pointed to the central office. This is where that override console is, correct? Yes. I confirmed. Mr. Barnes said that once it's activated, everything in the lab will shut down. I wonder if that means the doors will lock. Trift pondered. Even if they do, Torkin chimed in. Each door has a manual handle. Good to know, I stated as a knock sounded on my door. Come in. Evan and Lena entered the room, surprised to see my father sitting at the desk. "'Well, hello, Owen!' Evan smiled at him. "'What a wonderful surprise!' "'Hi, Evan.' Dad returned the ghost's smile. "'What can we do for the two of you?' Lena spoke. "'Carlin just returned from the Highlands. "'He has a description of the individual "'who approached the families about curing their children.' Dad looked at his watch. "'Wonderful. "'How about we all meet in the dining room in twenty minutes?' Sounds good to me. Evan smiled and vanished. Lena rolled her eyes at his antics and waved before closing the door. Dad stood and stretched. You know, Osale, I think you're as danger prone as I was when I was younger. Yeah, right. I laughed. You're always so careful. Because I have to be. He smiled. I have a lot to lose now. But when I was young and unworried without kids... He was a nightmare to keep track of. Torkin interrupted him. Remind me to tell you about the time he almost got eaten by a pod of sirens. Wait, wait, what? I was beyond amused by this. He said he was careless in his youth, but I'd never heard any actual evidence to prove that. And that, my old friend, is a tale for another time. Dad bopped Torkin's nose and stood. Come, let's go meet the others. That concludes Chapter 7 of The King's Heir. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope you'll return next time for Chapter 8.